Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the United States of a Movie Podcast, the podcast that is trying to answer the impossible question, which is to pick the one defining movie for all 50 states. I am Oli Petchgu. I am one of the hosts of this podcast. I used to host ePowd on Max, back on Cinemax, back in the day. Movies are my passion, but I'm not the only one trying to answer this question. Two incredibly passionate co-hosts are with me. Ryan Sandler, welcome back. Great to be here. I'm so excited. And producer Will, welcome back to the show. Thank you. This is going to be a fun one to uh, talk about. This oh, is boy. going to be incredibly fun. I have been counting down the days because today we're doing Arizona. And honestly, I thought this was going to be pretty easy. I spent eight years living in Arizona. Will, you are basically from Arizona, right? Oh, yeah, very much. And, and Ryan, you've been living there for years. We know this yeah, yeah. inside out. Well, I mean, my, my perception of it uh, has significantly changed based on the movies that we watched. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you that much. I thought this was going to be easy. I'll kick it off. My choice immediately once I went for We're Doing Arizona was Tombstone. Tombstone mm -hmm. is one of my favorite movies. It's an absolute banger of a Western. I have literally been to Tombstone. I have seen these places. I have bought my famous cowboy hat from there, and I thought no one's going to be able to come up with anything better. Then, Will, you counted with something from my childhood. Name it, please. Used Cars, Used. another Kurt Russell flick. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, we doubled up on Kurt Russell. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, I know where this podcast's going to go. And then Ryan Sandler comes out of nowhere and names a movie I've never heard of. <laughs> Ryan? So, so I decided to pull a deep cut and I went back and forth, you know, on a lot of doing some research on Arizona movies after being out here, you know, for so long, there's so many that were filmed here and it's hard to not lean into, I didn't want to pick another Western. I was like, what's the one movie? And then it clicked. And I remember this movie that I used to watch on, it was on HBO just all the time when I was a kid. And it's, uh, it's Charlie Sheen in the race. Now, <laughs> if you're, you're at home and, and you know movies and you're going, what? You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you 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 are you are not alone. Both Will and I, I, I think, were were completely mystified by this. We immediately went to the internet to find out if this was a real thing. It is, but what I want to say right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what the Wraith is, it is currently available for free with ads on YouTube. Take ninety minutes out of your day and go and watch this movie because you're going to want to talk about it for. Ever, Will? And what we, was your reaction? We to just this, might. <laughs> uh, th this was a real dark horse. I'd like you know, I thought uh, anything I thought before I saw this movie, just throw it out the window because this was incredible. 
It was in one of those immediately afterward, I needed to learn everything I needed to, like I could find out about this movie. I just went researching and was like, I need the whole backstory. This is <laughs> and, awesome. And, and your two movies you guys have picked, like I had gaps to fill. I just had never seen them like growing up. Uh, I know how like, I, I know they're incredible films and I literally watched all, th- well, I mean, I'd seen The Wraith many, many, <laughs> an upsetting amount of times. And uh, I, I had, I, I came home and I watched all three movies back to back to back. And by the time I'd gotten to the Wraith and I look at the runtime, I'm like 90 minutes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> More of this, please. I mean, but, the fact that you, you've seen the Wraith multiple times, but mm-hmm. this is your first time going through Tombstone. That's yeah. That is that was, rad. That was wild. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of dark spots in my movie history that I'm very ashamed to admit. Sometimes <laughs> you just kind of have to be like, "Yeah, no, I've seen that movie for sure." But, All right. So, so why don't we why don't we boil them down? I'll tell you this much: our, our Tombstone is the the classic telling of the you know Wyatt Earp in Tombstone with his brothers, the shootout at the OK Corral, and then the subsequent um, sort of chasing down of the Cowboys gang. It's a pretty famous story from the American West. Used cars is Kurt Russell uh, and um, the Fuchs brothers. Basically, it's two dueling um, used car lots, just trying to figure out which one's going to survive, and then. Ryan, can you try and describe the plot to the Wraith guy? Uh, I think you actually said it best. You're like, it's a little bit like The Crow meets Mad Max. Um, some close encounters. With some in. close encounters. Yeah, I was watching it so <laughs> and funny. Some you said that. Yeah, and some crystal meth. Yeah. I believe there's a character named Skank. <laughs> that, but there's the a character skank. named Skank in The Crow. This is what I'm saying. The parallels with The Crow was yeah. wild, and this movie came it's, first. So yeah. honestly, I don't even know what's real. But no, Ryan, seriously, yeah. if you could, try yeah. and describe what this movie's about. And, and be, please bear with me, because again, I've seen this movie a thousand times, and I just watched it last night, and I'm drawing an absolute blank. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, it takes place, in, it's filmed in Tucson, whether or not it actually takes place is actually set there they never really say but there's a gang of uh street thugs who who uh pull over other cars and they threaten to um to they're they're like you're gonna race me for pink slips or we're just gonna murder you yeah and then rape your girlfriend yeah that yeah the the movie is uh it's touch and go at times (laughs) but um uh, some, I mean, you guys, you have, you just have to watch this movie. It's so difficult to well, describe. Like, let let me uh, let me please. try to describe the first three minutes of the movie in sort of eighties sort of animation style special effects. We're in the middle of the desert, and this sort of close encounters Aryan type alien sort of. A glowing orb just starts orbs. racing down the roads, uh, melting speed signs. They suddenly unite. And in a flash of light is, is a car, a night riderian sort of like sort of car appears with a, a budget Mad Maxian type character dressed in leather, covered in bits of metal inexplicably. And that's how the movie starts. And it just goes, the wraith. Yep. And, and then we're like into the movie. And I, I, this movie is... I couldn't write dissertations about this movie. I, I, I could watch it a hundred more times and still be confounded by, by, cause you were saying Charlie Sheen, Sheridan Fenn, right? So like, she's yeah. like, like, um, Randy, Randy Quaid. Uh, yeah. Nick, Nick Cassavetes. Yeah. And Randy Quaid. 
yeah. as well. And you're just going, okay. And it's just, it, it just starts and that's it. Yeah. And there's no exposition. The exposition just happens as, hey, and yeah. everyone moves on. I don't think they did a great job marketing this movie. Um, far be it from me. But I, you know, after watching it and immediately going like reading the IMDb trivia, I was like, I think Charlie Sheen shot this in like three days. And That's then what I said to, to the missus. I go, was he <laughs> yeah. in town for four days? Because if you notice, yeah. he's only in a few scenes through the yeah. movie, and the rest of the time, right. it's somebody else in a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but when the Mandalorian does it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, let's let's try and boil down the plot of the Wraith because I'm pretty sure everyone else that's listening has heard of the other two movies, but the Wraith is essentially, again, nothing's really explained about this, but Charlie Sheen is um, an alien that is manifested as a, a street racer who is the returning vengeance angel of a murdered teen who was murdered a couple of years before or a year before by the sounds of it, but he doesn't look like that teen. And he immediately goes out in his turbo interceptor and races these, these road pirates who are led by this most ridiculous bad guy with a puka shell necklace who is a psychopath. And, and, yeah. and that, that's it. That's the movie. And he just kills them all. And then he rides off into the moon set with this girl on the back of the bike and then goes back into space. But you're leaving out a, a key thing here. It's, it, he, he goads them all into street racing one by one. Yeah, and they all And then him. they all yeah. think the car just exceeds speeds of 7,000 miles an hour. I don't know. And then just smashes into them and completely, I mean, the one thing I loved about this is the uncomfortably long lingering shots of cars on fire. Yeah. <laughs> when they went on quite like, they were really milking that, those, those stunts. <laughs> Guys, no notes, five stars. <laughs> it, was, it was like an $8 million budget. And I think $7 million went to the cars and car chases yeah. and everything else was just, what can we fit in for that, yeah. for that last million bucks? I just will say shots. Yeah. the car chase parts like for it's what it was actually. Yeah. I mean, not great. I mean, I said it was like, it was, it was Mad Max. If George Miller had no talent. Yeah. What I, <laughs> right, what yeah. I love, you know, all I love about all the, each gang member had their own kind of thing going on. You had that, the two, the, the guys were drinking what I can only describe as wiper fluid or yeah. motor oil. I think it's I was very confused by that. Yeah. Brake yeah. fluid. And so no, all they do is drink things you feed cars, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. they're just tweaking the entire time. But they were the comedy yeah. relief. You'd think they'd be better drivers. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. Yeah. Yeah. And that was Skank and Gutter Boy. That was Gutter Boy. Guy. That's right. Yes. My uh, God. And then, and then we're leaving out, obviously, Clint Howard. Just yes, just, oh, just, as, right. as just, rug head. Oh, just owning that eraser <laughs> eraser head win. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an homage to Lynch. So again, guys, I'm assuming this movie that no one has watched this movie. So the the group, the gang, they they're like road pirates. It starts off where they ambush a guy in a car, they make him race for pink slips, and they threaten to gang rape his girlfriend if he doesn't. But they've all kind of got their own cars that the two tweakers in that old sort of style one that's got markings on the side of it, like a World War II aircraft for yeah, the car. Airborne, yeah. Yeah. You've, got, you've got the jock for some reason, who's sure. just a part of this group. Mm -hmm. You've got mm -hmm. Clint Howard, who's the engineer. You know, he tweaks the engines yep. and starts the races. It's like Fast and Furious, but with no hot girl. And then we've got the Nick Casavetti's character, who is, who is the psychopath that everyone in the whole town is a just chewing scenery just chewing scenery <laughs> the ultimate oh, you, incel 
<laughs> you guys also forgot about about Augie, the first yes. member of the gang with the crop top Augie! and a trench coat. Yes. Of yes. course, yes. America's yeah. sweetheart, Augie. Yeah, R.I.P. Augie. R.I.P. Augie. Well, R.I.P. All of them. Yeah. I was I was texting you guys. I watched it with my missus, and we were like. You know, it was the best bad movie since since Battleship that we were, we were <laughs> enjoying it so much, but we we couldn't understand why. We yeah. we had so many questions for how this movie even exists. Yeah. It is independently made. Okay, so it was done outside. It was only released in eighty eight screens, and it was written and directed by a guy called Mike Marvin, who mm. doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Does he even exist online? Does anyone know anything about this guy? Did he get I, raped? <laughs> it's it's the time. He it's actually was time. the wraith. He vanished after this movie. Ooh. Um oh. uh, he um <laughs> no, I read up a little bit about him. He seems like a very odd guy. Um no. He, he, uh, I know. Uh there's not much personally about him, but he talked about his influences were exactly everything we've mentioned so far. It was Mad yeah. Max and stuff like like so he was definitely drawing on that. Um and now in the movie, you'll notice he's got like the wraith itself has got like these metal braces yeah. on, which isn't quite clear what those are. And That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. So he so in the movie, you know, no spoilers, uh, but uh, every time he kills one of the gang members, one of those braces is on the ground for a second and then it vanishes. Right. And oh, someone wow. asked him about that. And someone was like, what did that mean? And he's like. Oh, that represents each of the gang members, and every time he kills a gang member, it disappears, and he gets stronger. Uh-huh. And apparently, the if interviewer huh. asked no follow up questions, like <laughs> what? Yeah. And yeah. like that would have been my first question. Uh, but because again, the wraith at no point in this movie struggles or has right. any like he just blows through all these bad guys easily. Never has any moment of like oh he's failing or he's yeah. behind. Just dominates yeah, the whole just film. Completely. See, that's yeah. the thing. We were wondering about that too because when he first appears, he's got those metal things around him. It looks kind of mm. cool, but budget at the same time. It's like right. Robocop, but yeah. for 15 yeah. bucks. But yeah. I, And we it like, works. And <laughs> it works. <laughs> we were wondering, he's like, okay, are those pieces of the car that he's that's destroyed that then become part of him? So my missus yeah. was like going, all right, he's getting his pound of flesh. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. pound of flesh from each of the cars. And, you, and you'd think maybe that would be a thing. Yeah. And if you think things are explained in this movie, guys, you know. No. no. But then, but then, you know, after the races and the incidents, they're like, you think they're going to pull like a mangled mess of corpse out of these cars. But it's, right. they're just like completely naked and they, are ha- they have no eyeballs. That's it. They're like, what? Yep. They're, they're naked, they're unharmed, but their eyeballs have been sucked out. Again, never explained. Um, so there's, there's no reason, even no reason for that. <laughs> they was like, the, so the movie starts, um, we have that, the, the, the couple get like Shanghai'd and the, and then suddenly Charlie Sheen's riding into town on a, on a bike, on a, like a dirt bike. He meets, but, um, but it sounds like an electric it, it sounds does, like an electric motor so or something. Weird. It's so yeah. cool. It he rides into so town. Cool. <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn is like, hey, are you new into town? Jumps on the back of his bike, and then the bad guy turns and goes, oh, I can't ride on the bike with you. This guy's terrible, and we're all scared of him. Yeah. And the movie just continues from there. You, then you there's know suddenly the, the tubing, because it's Arizona. Sure. Um, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then everybody dies. And then and, halfway through the movie, we get, we get a flashback to a murder we know nothing about. 
And then, and then, three quarters of the way through the movie, Charlie Sheen goes, you know who I am. No, we don't! <laughs> How could anyone know who you are? <laughs> and as, listen, we've all lived out here. And when they filmed that lake scene, I, I was reading, they, well, you correct me if I'm wrong, they filmed this, I think, in December. So it mm. was cold. You could you know? tell. Like, you could, there were scenes yeah. where you could see their breath. Yeah. Like that. They looked miserable. We totally clocked that. Because uh, we were yeah. like, yeah, you could see the breath. But also, like, they're out by the, the lake, and you could just tell, because we've, again, you've lived in Arizona. Oh, yeah. You can't oh, go yeah. near those rocks when it's the summer. I mean, you might as well kill no. yourself. Yeah. So it was probably, like, 65 degrees. It was cold, yeah. And that water, is that river, whatever it was in Tucson, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Because, I, I, again, same thing. I lived in Arizona my whole life, been tubing down that river many times. Looking at that, I'm like, they're all just hanging out on the rocks. And nah, it And I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect scene. It was Perfect. Just, great. It was <laughs> and then, and then we're forgetting Charlie Sheen's, you know, pale rider, mysterious man from nowhere character befriends the brother. That's right. Of himself. That's right. It's yes. his own brother, but it's not him. I I can't understand why they don't. Why does one? Why does this murdered teen come back as a five part orb alien? Why does that orb alien manifest as a car and a bad guy? And then why does he not make himself look like himself? And then the thing is, when he reveals, like, when he reveals it to his girlfriend who was sleeping with him when he was murdered, she goes, oh, it is you. You look different, but it's fine. And she's over it. And then the brother yeah. just figures it out and goes, it's him. No one's worried about the fact he's come back from the dead. All well, these murdering all these people. Everyone's just like, hey, it's great to see they you. Really, they really savor that moment for, like, the last four minutes of the movie where it really, like, just buttons everything up. And they truly emotional uh, emotional take on that him screaming in the rain first of all one thing to point out all three of these movies had a shocking amount of rain in them for being in arizona <laughs> tombstone had that yeah. rain scene used cars the, had the rain and mud scene the one thing that and, doesn't happen in arizona yeah i remember there was a nine month period where i had 15 minutes of rain 15 minutes of rain in nine months i'm like that's no a really rates. good point <laughs> 15 minutes of rain and no rains. I mean, I, I, I was saying to the missus, I was like, I was saying, I can't wait to talk to the guys about these movies, but I have to be honest. I was like, I don't think we're going to get Tombstone or used cars. No, we got, we got to talk about it. We got I know, we will. But I also want to start a new podcast, which is just called The Wraith. We only talk oh, about man. this movie for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> I, text, I text Ollie last night. And I was like, because I was, because you guys had already seen it. And that was the last movie I watched. And it was getting late. And I, and I hadn't seen it in quite a while. So it was just refreshing to see. And I text Ollie. I was like, I like the part uh, in the Wraith where the Wraith takes off his Wraith helmet and says, it's Wraith in time. <laughs> My wife laughed about that for 10 minutes. <laughs> Again, I am going to reiterate, if you are listening to this right now, stop, just pause, go to YouTube, even put on the first 10 minutes of The Wraith. It is unlike anything I've ever seen. The tagline, he's not from around here. I mean, <laughs> perfect. Brilliant. I mean, I'll, I was, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll start. I was going to say, I'll be honest. This movie, even though we're like spoiling it, we're talking about it, the plot of the movie. I, I promise you, people listening at home. We're, we're not doing it justice. The movie you're picturing in your head is not the movie sure. you're going to watch if you yeah. put it on. It but also unspoiled. be prepared to be majorly let down. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought, that's the thing is that I know a lot about movies, man. Like we all do. 
we, we are encyclopedic about movies. We, this, we live and breathe movies. And for someone to bring a movie I've never heard I'm of shocked. to be this wild, <laughs> I just, it blew me away. I was, I was shocked even because we were discussing like, oh, what movies are we going to pick? And we had like, you know, we were going back and forth. I, I know you were talking about 310 to Yuma and, you know, yeah. with Tombstone. And I mentioned Bill and Ted's, but, you know, thinking in the context of like, which is the most Arizona movie, it's pretty difficult to nail down. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. every single Western just has this kind of vague desert thing that, sure, it could be Arizona, it could be Utah, it could be somewhere in California. Like, yeah. But none of them are quintessentially feel like uh, like Arizona. Right. And even that in those first few minutes of, you know, that floating orb shooting down those back roads, mm-hmm. Zen and I were like, I think I've driven on that road. Mm-hmm. Been, like, I know those roads. I know those yeah. places. It felt like Apache Junction. It felt like the yeah. superstition. Yeah. And I was, like, I, think so, I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh, no, is this going to be the movie that wins? Because this yeah. is really Arizona. And I want to say, too, like, you know, we're talking about this movie, which had absolutely no budget. I was shocked at how good that animation was on right. the intro. Like, it was all rotoscoped, hand done, frame by frame. It looked pretty eight, damn good. Eight million dollars in the 80s is not like a low budget movie. That's that's a lot of money. You know, it's yeah. not it's like you're not a small amount of money. All of it went to getting that car. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a cool car. I Can mean, we talk yeah, about the car? Let's talk about the car. Um, it's, it, it's sort of, it looks honestly futuristic. You know, it yeah. looks like yeah. where supercars ended up going. It kind of looks like a kit car. Mm-hmm. It's, what is it? A Dodge M4S Turbo Interceptor. Turbo Interceptor. And which, it's like, mm-hmm. it does look cool. Just and, say those two words, turbo interceptor. I right? mean, come but on. But isn't that, that's exactly like, I'm just going to steal from Mad Max. You know, yeah, like, yeah. what does he drive? He drives a turbo interceptor. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and they, yeah. they've got cool cars. That gang, you know, that Pontiac yeah. Firebird with the big engine coming out. Yeah, yeah. And these, Super cool. The, the Barracuda. They, they've got all these cool, cool cars. So I'm like, okay, that's where most of the money went to. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> None of it went to the script. And, I, and watching the movie, I was like, <laughs> I kind of feel like they gave everyone one take. They were like, good enough. Like, oh, the they were so good. Got it in one, guys. Stop <laughs> trying to poke holes. It's perfect. Yeah. No, no need to do more than one. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. with Charlie Sheen, you've got him for a day, maybe. Oh, yeah. One take. Let's move on. God, he looked um, like a baby in that. He was 21, yeah. I think, when this movie was made, but he looks 16. And then he left to do. Uh, it was another thing. Like I saw, like platoon. Oliver Stone was platoon. Oliver Stone was yeah. furious when he so, saw this because so <laughs> he thought it was gonna. He thought it was gonna just tank. <laughs> you, of course, he went from this to platoon. <laughs> oh my god! Making and who's to say what's this better movie? Yeah, making mm. this movie was Charlie Sheen's personal Vietnam. Um, <laughs> it's like he was just hanging out because I think Johnny Depp was dating Sherilyn Finn at the time, so he was just yes. Johnny Depp was just there. Why not just put him in this movie? I yeah, right. And that ended up what they did with Platoon. They go Johnny Depp's hanging out. I guess we just throw him in for three yeah. scenes in Platoon and then yeah. kill him. Spoiler yeah. alert! <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I sure hope we don't do Vietnam on this podcast. <laughs> Randy Quaid. Let's talk Randy Quaid. Like the guy in general is nuts. But when he turns yeah. up in movies, he's always just... He was interesting. I, like, were his teeth always that weird? That was yes. one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, just like, and he's, again, he looked old and young at the same time. He looked like a 21-year-old, 55-year-old. Yeah, he's got that Walter Matthau gene where he just looked old his entire life. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but he, you know, he played a good foil to no one. Right. Like, really, really kind of sleep at the wheel on. And then and at the end, guys. he goes, well, they're all dead. Shrugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, here I go racing again. <laughs> it's like we were texting about this before the show. Like last night, we were watching the movies and stuff. And, and I described it as a one act movie. There's no, it's just, he turns up, kills the guys, there's no act two, there's no struggle, there's no, oh, now we have to recover, there's no grand act three, it's just this guy turns up, he kills all of them, the movie ends, the end. And to, but to quote, like, Schwarzenegger and True Lies, yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, let's, be, let's be clear here, these aren't just some basic street thugs, they were doing some pretty horrible things. Like, oh, for sure. It's, it's oh, yeah. The movie but begins man. with a threat of rape. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how we yeah. start. And continues for most of the film. It was so bizarre the way Packard Walsh, that's the bad guy's name, wow. Nick Cassavetes, he does play, like, he is a good psychopath in that yeah. movie. Yeah. And it's like that bit where he beats up the brother and the brother calls out the entire town for being cowards. I'm like, yeah, this, yeah. And they're going, oh guys, but there's only 60 of us and one of him. What are we going to do? <laughs> like, right. One guy with a tiny knife. We yeah. can't possibly take yeah. him on. Right. Maybe we just beat the crap out of that guy and just get on with our lives instead of letting this guy just steal our cars and rape all our girlfriends. And like, no, no, this guy <laughs> even talks down to yeah. the police and you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, what yeah. are they talking about? Like, post leaving the burger joint, he's like, fellas, uh, what do you want to get into tonight? Like, I don't know. Let's just pull some dude over and threaten to assault his girlfriend and steal his car. You know, actually, Again? Now I think about it. There's only oh, three man. locations in that movie, isn't there? There's the stash the stash house, which gets mm-hmm. very yeah. impressively blown up. So I don't cool. give credit to that. That's that was one of the best explosions. explosions. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a that quality was. explosion. There's Great. the burger place, and there's outside of of um kerry's house sherilyn fenn's character's house yeah. mm-hmm. you never go inside the houses it's nah. just no. <laughs> either picking her up or dropping her off so they yeah. only had an outdoor location they had a, probably an abandoned burger joint and then everything else is just shot in the deserts of arizona on the side yeah. of a road <laughs> again no notes <laughs> <laughs> they, this whole movie was shot with like just a b crew and it works guys it, it's like it. the room Combined yes. with Mad Max, I think is like it's just some <laughs> some guy. Your, your crow analogy, I know, is perfect. I think it's the closest proximity. It's like yeah. the crow with. Uh, I mean, it's basically just that. It's so crazy how close it is to actually the, the plot of the crow. Yeah, the execution of crow. <laughs> if they had put the murder scene at the beginning and then started yes. the movie, it yeah. would be the exact movie, The Crow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is the crow yes ripped this, this off. movie. <laughs> What hundred percent? Well, we gotta. Yeah, you want to do? You want how many cars? <laughs> There's a lawsuit waiting <laughs> to great. happen. It's great about how the crow, the comic, was a ripoff but of like, the race. Talk about a movie that's due for like a proper, like a remake, like a, a modernization. I, I can see it working if it's done like a really low budget, like I mentioned, like a Lee Winnell who did like upgrade and he, he did the the Invisible Man. Just give this guy seven million dollars and a bunch of cars and <laughs> let him do his thing. Just do two more. Yeah. Let's do the get, Char- get Charlie Sheen back. We're gonna legacy sequel. <laughs> ah! He could be pa- he could be Packard in the new movie. Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is it is wild. I well, let's get back let's get back to this movie in a bit. But mm-hmm. I mean, because it's all I want to talk about. But let's let's touch on our <laughs> other movies. 
Um, so my missus had never seen used cars either. I had it on VHS as a kid. It was one of those movies that came on TV. I saw directed by Robert Zemeckis. You know, I'm like, okay, that's the guy from Back to the Future. And I also saw, saw Contains Nudity. And I'm like, cool. this is very much like yeah that threw me for a loop is it's got like the directing style and the tone of back to the future but it's like a hard roger rabbit yeah that's what's so bizarre and there's cursing and boobs and yeah no i'm as a 37 year old man i loved it I would have yeah. like watched the movie on repeat as a kid you what you i miss those there i mean you can't really make movies like that now because they're you know too problematic but back then like you know you have movies like this that's plays in the 80s like even like revenge of the nerds for example you're like these right. movies are horny yeah they are but like in a way see zen said the same thing my messes like we're watching it and she's like what i love about zen is that she's a gasper at like just like <gasps> and it's like the thing, like the opening scene of the race some guy just grabs the girl's boob and it's There's a lot of boob grabbing in these movies. Used, used cars, cars too. Well. Oh my god! The eighties was all about well, oh, I'm just going to grab this girl's boob, and Zen is like, a, what the, what the yeah. hell? A lot <laughs> of like, unwarranted uh, boob grabbing, boob grabbing. Male gaze. Yeah, yeah. A lot of sexual assault played for laughs. Yeah, in the 80s. and eighties yeah. man, it's like giggle, yeah. giggle, ha ha, and you're watching this like in 2023 going, yeah. what the? Fuck? I, and even in the wraith, there were like a couple of f bombs, like that were like, whoa, I just feels slimy you know and that was yeah. really strange i was just i was driving on the highway today and i had a lot of time to think about these movies and i was thinking about about used cars about how easily it could have been a pg-13 and especially oh, in yeah. the 80s you yeah. still yeah, yeah. have the, um, the stickies over the boobs could have got away yeah. with that in the 80s you know that was pg-13 i'm no honestly problem. surprised it wasn't <laughs> that's right. news to me yeah. but then you've got yeah. the characters are just showing throwing down the mff everything yeah. it's just constantly i'm like What's the reason for this? And then you see produced by Steven Spielberg before the movie starts. And you're like, yeah. what an anomaly this movie was, you know? Famously from Arizona. Connection, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, I'll tell you this much. I remember that. I remember the movie differently. As in, I remember the two, like, used car places being either side of each other, opposite each other, sorry, but mm-hmm. it being kind of desert all around them. But then you watch the movie again, and it's downtown Mesa. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's Mesa, Arizona. I'm like, oh, I know this place. It's right around the corner from my house. <laughs> <laughs> Which was crazy to me. That like, but yeah. the, my missus said she's watching it, and she's like, the only time it felt like Arizona is the last 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it goes 80s, and it's like, yeah. let's race 250 cars across the desert <laughs> when they're in Apache Johnson. Yeah, where I there. used to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that felt very Arizona. I actually, I felt. Pretty much throughout the whole movie, it felt very Arizona. But I'm very yeah yeah attuned to like I see certain mountains like mm-hmm. and roads in the background, and certain certainly the telephone poles to me sure yeah, like, yeah, growing up yeah. there. So that's when I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much instantly to me, like from minute one, I'm like very Arizona. This whole thing yeah. for so, me it was the gun violence and the racism. Yeah, yeah the, the the scammy politicians and all that. It's like yeah. it's like being back home. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I hadn't well, seen like I, so I'd never seen used cars, but 
seeing the villain being played by uh, the grandfather and problem child was a real delight for me. He's <laughs> smarmy. And then you have uh, Grandpa Munster as the, the judge with all the That's weird right. stuff on his, like, how is that acceptable? Al, Al this Lewis, courtroom, yeah. Al Lewis, yeah. This courtroom is, uh, is troublesome. So, all right, so let's let's break down the movie again. So for any of you that haven't seen it, Used Cars, stars Kurt Russell. Uh, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. The same team that went on to the very next movie they think I think they do is Back to the Future. And then they basically get there, just like, go off and make movies. It makes them. But they were protégés of Steven Spielberg. He kind of, they made a movie while they were at college, USC, I want to say. And Spielberg saw them, plucked them out and said, I'm going to back you guys. And they made a couple of movies and they just didn't quite hit. And this is one of them. And they found their feet after this. But in this particular movie... You've got Kurt Russell, who's just still fresh-faced. He's, you know, straight out of all those Disney movies he used to do as a kid. You've got Jack Warden playing both brothers, one who's an absolute <laughs> scoundrel and one who's super sweet. And I remember, I remember hearing about him. He said, I'll do the movie, but I want to play both of them. Because originally that wasn't what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And he's great. I mean, he is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. In and this role. is before Eddie Murphy played all of the clumps. So yeah. he's groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> but the, basically, the central conceit of this movie is literally just the nice brother dies after the evil brother manufactures a way of giving him a heart attack. And Kurt Russell and his ragtag group of used car salesmen do what they can, weekend Bernie style, to keep their, their, their um, car place uh, in business and in the middle of all of it, there's some sort of like government thing about an on-ramp, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. And um, the daughter turns up. And at the end, they race 250 cars across the desert at the end. Yeah, this movie, it took, I mean, I watched this whole thing, but it took a, it was, it took a hard right towards the end. I'm like, what, what is happening? Wait, why are they getting these cars? You know what? doesn't matter. It rolls. <laughs> there are some great really moments good, there, right, Will? Really, really good yeah. stunt work. Yeah. I mean, you kind of left out like the whole plot really kicks off because kurt russell wants to run for senate right and for no like he has no ambition of like i want to fix this town he just thinks it would be cool to be a senator so he's trying to raise money to like for political office with no ambition other than like oh to make money it's to the grift he goes i'm gonna i'm gonna i've been grifting so i can become a state senator and once i'm a state senator i'll be able to grift people so his yeah. his, exactly. his motivation as a character is just like i just want to rip people off yeah. he just I'm had like, a dream and some bumper stickers <laughs> yeah our our hero people like that's who we're following <laughs> like, and then you've got you've got the other used car salesman who's got that amazing and that's the best little incredible. moment i think all through the movie is that he's superstitious uh, yeah. that, I think that comedy beat <laughs> every time through that movie is his little superstition thing. He's afraid of red right. cars. He's like, <laughs> he's got his little rabbit's yeah. foot and it's great. I was like, I said, that's my favorite character. I remember that. But then her, her first gasp is for no reason. Suddenly he's just shagging some girl in the back of a car in the first. It's great. It's there great. Actually, the camera. And those are his butt cheeks. By the way. <laughs> that's a, and that's actor uh, Garrett Graham who, uh, we all know from the movie, say it with me, Phantom of the Paradise, where he plays, once again, say it with me, Beef. I thought you guys were going to say it with me. I thought we all knew this. Um, I have to get in my Phantom of the Paradise movie because that's one of my favorite insane movies. He plays Beef, who's kind of a Frankenfurter type character. Sure. And when I saw him in this movie, I freaked out. I was like, oh, my God. Incredible. It's Beef. 
Oh man! <laughs> wow, that's a deep cut. Well, nicely yeah. done. Yeah. I don't know what to. I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> it's it's a good and random and also strange and confused movie. I mean, Michael McKean turns up. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he's great and, and Squiggy and Squiggy. That's right. Like Zen was saying, Lenny and Squiggy. So this is <laughs> something again. You're going to help me out as the Brit, right? So yeah. Zen said they came from Happy Days, and then yes. they kind of crossed over through a bunch of the spin-off shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were. Yeah, was, they were like uh, they were the through line for a bunch of uh, shows in the late sixties and seventies. I think. Right. So they turn up as a pair, and I guess it's just kind of like a fun movie reference. Yeah. This for me goes right over my head. I know Michael McKean mm-hmm. from you know like. Um, the mockumentary. Spinal Tap. Yeah, Spinal, Spinal Tap, Tap, stuff yeah. like that. All, all the Christopher Guest movies he's in, yes. yeah. But they they were great. I love them. They're yeah, so funny. Great. Yeah. Like, with the they put the, you know, the... <laughs> that was maker. great. That was great, <laughs> My favorite part of the movie is when they hack into the president's address. <laughs> and it's like, and he's dressed up like Custer, and he's like, that's just too fucking high! And he blows the, oh my God. the car away. That, for me, is my favorite part. That was, that was so fun. So, so it was a, such a fun movie, and it was like you can see hints of, like tonally hints from you know subsequent back like Back to the Future movies just had that mm-hmm. kind of cadence and that look, and it was such it was great. It was great. I really enjoyed that one. It's it's interesting yeah. to see how that like I think what we got was a real look inside the real Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. <laughs> yeah, and like Total and perverts. how they they <laughs> yeah. turned it down from that point onwards, and I'm like these guys. These guys are quite filthy and quite inappropriate and quite like a bit wild. <laughs> and then they, they, they were back to the future. They were perfect guys to film a movie right uh, outside of ASU during a football game. Like they fit right in yeah. Yeah. with that college crowd. My dad actually but, saw this movie getting filmed. Like oh, he wow. was at he was at the football game where they're filming the for the first commercial. My oh, dad shit. saw them setting up and he's like, Oh, what are they doing? And they were like, Oh, they're filming a movie. And my dad was like, Oh, okay. So my dad is in the stands, like <laughs> watching this movie get made. Incredible! Yeah, I clocked that too as they were saying in the background. I said, "Zen, that's the ASU stadium. Like, yeah. that's, that's mm-hmm. the ASU." But late, but later on in the movie, there's a, like a game at ASU Stadium, but it's like Kansas City versus yeah. Dallas. I know. Yeah, <laughs> they just they just totally say the what? wrong teams, and it's so what? confusing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they never explicitly say they're in Arizona, do they? I mean, do they? I, no, I, there's a, I don't think so. They definitely there, there is a couple like very throwaway quick lines that they are in Arizona, but they don't specify Mesa or anything no. like that, as far as I saw. And but it's it, but it's got the iconography, like you, you know, you said you have ASU, yeah. and there's that's pretty much it. That's all I got. And I was just <laughs> super smart. I was in um, just the other night. I was meeting someone that, that does the this film festival, and we were we were getting and just talking about Kurt Russell, and we were talking about used cars and things like that. And he had an interesting observation. He says that Kurt Russell, if you look back through his filmography, things like Soldier and things like uh, Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., is that Kurt Russell elevates B-movies into A. Mm-hmm. Even think about The Thing. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. just, what is, like, Kurt Russell has an incredible presence. He's just so likable. He's so watchable. He's just it's, so handsome. Dude, it's the eyes. I was looking at that. I'm thinking, like, get the most like grizzled looking like guy, but he's got like these baby doll eyes that <laughs> just melt your fucking heart. <laughs> he's he's <clears throat> like that is when that guy said it. I was like, that is a really that is actually quite spot on. When you think about the movies that you've seen Kurt Russell in, 
I mean, you know, even Tombstone. Like, we'll get to Tombstone, yeah. but I remember Tombstone coming out the same year, you know, as the other White Earp movie. So you've got mm-hmm. the Kevin Costner, uh, mm. uh, not Randy Quaid, uh, his brother. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. You know, they're doing, it looks, you see the poster and it looks like, oh, it's one of those Kevin Costner Oscar style movies and it's telling that. And then they go, and then the other White Earp movie. And in your head you go, oh, well, this one's going to be the crap one. And then you watch it and you're like, Tombstone's a banger. But like Kurt Russell is just killing it in that movie. Well, the cast of that movie, and again, I've never seen it. I didn't watch trailer. Like I I knew Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer winner, but beyond that, every time someone would show up, I'm like, oh, that's Sam Elliott, or oh, that is that Billy Bob Thornton in his like throwaway role? Stephen Lang, and that's Michael Rooker. Stephen Lang. So good. (laughs) And that's Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston yeah, hands yeah. up, and then what's the guy? Sandman from Spider-Man Three, you know, like oh, Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> Billy Zane, the guy Jason from Tree. Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Jason Priestley, yeah. It's, and it's, and Michael Bean, dude. Michael, Michael, Michael Bean. Bean. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Bill you know Paxton. What? I gotta say, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Oh yeah. One of my favorite guys who's been in more of my favorite movies than I think any other yeah, actor than anyone in the world. Yeah, I was, yeah. the whole the whole time I was like, is I was like, when does Emilio Estevez show up in this one? <laughs> <laughs> and then of course the best actor of them all, Sam Elliott's mustache. Oof. Yes, <laughs> incredible, incredible. So, I always thought this was like a um, like a Wild West Roadhouse. <laughs> It's, you know, all right, you know, let's do it. Let's t- talk yeah. Tombstone because Tombstone is a banger. You know, the interesting thing about Tombstone is it's got quite an interesting production history is that mm. right off the back, you know, it's written by Kevin Jar or Jare. I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was fired as, as director very early on in production. Mm. It just wasn't working. And they brought in George P. Cosmatos, who's the guy that did uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2. That's where I knew him from. But at this point, it's only come out as time has gone on, that it's everyone knows that was involved, that that movie was ghost-written and ghost-directed by Kurt Russell. What? Yeah. He, yeah. he was the one. So they got rid of the director. He bought in George. George is like, okay, I can shoot it. But it's Kurt Russell is every night and every morning is there rewriting the scenes before they are so he is like and though he's not credited for writing it huh. everyone knows he did it and no kidding val kilmer is the one that told this story because val is the one going we'd be there and he goes he's like kurt you're giving me all the best lines you're giving me all the meat and kurt is like yeah but it's gonna work it's gonna work yeah so it's kind of like in the same way that like it's come out that dread was mm. actually directed by alex garland he wrote mm. it but it, everyone has mm-hmm. now come out he actually yeah. ghost directed it another guy's credited but that was alex garland and that's the interesting thing about this movie was it works so well, but it is being written the night before every night. They are never writing know. it the You'd night never before. Know. Yeah, it's I mean, really good. If you get into the behind the scenes on it, it's one of those great stories of it never should have worked, and it mm-hmm. works really well. And mm-hmm. what was also really interesting for me about Tombstone is I'm watching it when I'm younger, and so I'm watching it as a Western, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of heard Wyatt Earp. But all of these guys, all of these characters are real. Not just one or two of them. They're all real. All of these guys. When I went to Arizona and I go to to Boot Hill, is it Boot Hill, Will? Yeah. And you see these characters' actual graves. And like Mm -hmm. murdered by 
you know, those guys, it's, it's all there. They're shooting out of the OK Corral. They did that in coverage like four times. They did it. They analyzed it. It's shot. It goes down the way it says in history that I was so impressed that like, it feels like a popcorn movie, but it's actually a bit more historical than you think. There's, there's way more, yeah, like in terms of historical accuracy, I think the only things that are like really like super far off is I don't think the actual, like because they feature the Birdcage Theater, I don't mm-hmm. think that was around at the time. I think that came later. Um, it, was the organ, it was an organ stop pizza. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone loves. Still all the gunshots like that happened. But um, so like that wasn't around. And uh, uh, I, the final one of the final shootouts didn't happen at the same spot right. um, that they show in the movie. But like in terms of like accuracy, yeah, the shootout at the OK Corral is it's one of those weird times too in Western like history where we, we actually have a lot of detail, like historical detail about that. A lot of corroborating like witness testimony and stuff and actual crime. Like it was like the biggest gunfight that had ever happened in the old West. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the most documented gunfights. Usually gunfights back then were not super well documented and everybody lied about everything. So it was real easy to be like, oh, yeah, I shot eight people in the uh, town over. And mm. who would ever know? But this one was, like, witnessed by a ton of people. And, like, there were lots of, like, government entities involved. So we actually – this is, like, really well depicted in the movie. Oh, wow. so, they, so they say – I mean, because it ended up having that actual court case. I mean, so, so much of this is actually re- recorded for posterity. Yeah. But I think, like, there's – it's done so well. Powers Booth – as Wild Bill is just chewing it up and he's great I mean like one of my favorite ever lines in movies my wife and I do it all the time is just well bye (laughs) (laughs) it's so cold it's so mean and god it just it cuts you but that's all the line is I I love I love this movie so I get into the I've gone deep into the special features many times what's really cool about the guys playing the cowboys as they've got into the history too, because like Will saying, it's a very well documented time. And so these characters are not just a guy that dressed up, they got to look into it. And so even the guys playing the cowboys, they're like, we don't think they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we, these guys were just a group that were trying to work. Yeah. Okay, fine. It was a bit of organized crime, but you know, how, right. how would you describe <laughs> the, the, um, the brothers, you know, Wyatt and his brothers, the herbs are like going, all right, well, fine, we're taking over and we're taking a piece of this and we're running mm-hmm. this town the way we want to run it. And it was like, that's why I think it, it plays so well is that the villains aren't playing villains. They're just playing cowboys. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's this huge gray area that I think, you know, really gets interesting in that movie. And then, okay, and let's, let's just pause for a minute and talk about Val Kilmer. Because <laughs> Val Kilmer's Doc Hollywood is – Iconic. I actually got tuberculosis for the role. (laughs) (laughs) That's dedication. (laughs) He's his lines. I mean, like I, whatever do you mean? Incredible. (laughs) Every line delivery from him is just so perfect. I know. Why don't we have a spelling test? (laughs) Great. The bit where uh, Michael Bean is showing off. And first of all, one of my favorite, favorite, I don't know if it's a cliche, just favorite things about movies like this is you have like, you've got the good guys and the bad guys and it's the, the, the leader of the bad guys crew, whomever is his right hand man 
is my favorite thing in any Western. So Michael Bean's character here. Um, yeah. Uh, um, the, the one, um, Johnny Ringo, uh, Johnny, Johnny, Ringo. Yeah, Johnny Ringo, but like, you know, Ben Foster in 310 to Yuma. Yes. And then you've got Lakeith, yeah. Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield in the heart in of the they heart fall. Of like, they I love that. Like mm-hmm. they don't have to say much, you know, they're kind of a scumbag, but they're really good at what they do. And boy, can they spin their little pistols around. <laughs> God, and that scene in the bar too between uh Ringo and Holiday, like that's like Ugh. the best, like it's great. you know, kind of showdown between characters ever. Like even he you know, laughs the, at the end of it. He yeah, yeah he can't help it. Like you got it. and we're and we're talking about the scene where they're spinning. You know, Ringo spinning his guns, and then uh Holiday spins his like little like little, teacup thing. Yeah, and it's so funny, and it's such a perfect retort. That it's just, yeah. again, it's amazing that this movie was chaos behind the scenes because Oof, how is that not something that's like planned out from the beginning and like storyboarded? Like, mm-hmm. this, like it's just incredible. Well, it's, and, uh, it's and was, all, the, was it all shot in Tombstone? Like, well, that's what I wanted to touch on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, correct, perfect, perfect, perfect segue. Is well, it, I'll get is, to it, man. Jesus. <laughs> is, the, the, um, is the production Sorry. value on. Yeah on this is that so they built a town so it's not shot in tombstone but if you've ever been to tombstone it is i couldn't believe it yeah i was like dude it looks i mean it's almost a one-to-one so you do these wide shots of the town you've got the mountains in the background you've got the wide open landscape but there was this extra little thing which which made a lot of sense when i saw it is um you know the town is populated by a lot of people a lot of extras that look very authentic and so what they did when the movie was going into production is they kind of put out, we're going to make Tombstone. And what they got was a whole bunch, I forget the exact term, but it's basically cowboy cosplayers is the best way of describing it. But it's guys that like to live like cowboys. So they have their kind of their camping setup. They have their, they roll out their bed, like, and they sleep under the stars and they've got all oh, their wow. cooking stuff. And so all these guys came down and the during the production cowboys. of the movie, <laughs> lived around the town and populated it wow so like so that's why it's got that that again the extra level of authenticity is you've got all these guys much like civil war recreators and things like that so they've turned up with their authentic weapons and their authentic bedpans and and their authentic you know camp trailers and everything else and that's and that's and even the guys like the actors were like going it just helped get you into this this vibe of we've gone back in time it's so mm. brave of them to leave their mother's basement to do that. <laughs> it's such a really must have been very hard. On I, mean, I would say these are the, these are more the guys that spend their days like sharpening knives and skinning animals for fun. Oh, that's the coolest thing. It's <laughs> the coolest thing. Having having shot several independent projects uh, like films and short films in Arizona, uh, I've worked with a lot of these guys before, and yeah, they're all you know, in their trailers, more than happy to show you their collection of knives and guns, uh, kind of on the outskirts of society for most sure. of them. Whatever their, their, yeah, whatever their outlaw status may or may not be, you don't, you know, delve too hard into that. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of these people out there. So uh, it's, they're still out there making Westerns and stuff today, but they all came out for this film. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, and I it's bet. kind of like, and so instead of having a sort of pull extras in and sort of dress them up and trying to educate them or teach them and whatever these guys and girls they just turned up with the stuff they had and said oh no we understand it we live this this is what this is like what we do for fun 
And so it just feels that, you know, you've, I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. You can watch some Westerns, the spaghetti Westerns or whatever. And mm-hmm. you have that vibe or that feel of the, in the mm-hmm. background, if you really look, it doesn't quite work or, you know, mm-hmm. things just a little bit off. Whereas on this, you know, it just kind of felt so genuinely yeah. real. Again, yeah, that's I why, say that's that why I asked. Like, yeah. When yeah. I first saw it, it had never been to the American Southwest, no. you know, <laughs> never seen a cowboy or whatever, but oh, it's just God. got that thing. It feels real. This guy buys one cowboy hat. <laughs> Lives in Arizona for a few years, buys a cowboy hat. <laughs> it's a great hat, though, I will say. It's a, it's a great hat. It is a pretty dope um, hat. Yeah. But yeah, that, but just back to what you were saying, that's why I asked. I'm like, it re- legitimately looks and feels like they shot it in Tombstone. It was, yes. Yeah, so it's shot primarily in Arizona. That's the one thing. But like, it looks like when it, it's very easy to do. Uh, if you guys are ever in Arizona, not you guys, but anybody listening, is go just take that trip, take that detour off the main highway, the I-10, and mm-hmm. pop by Arizona, um, by Tombstone, because that's it's a place where, especially like you were talking about the birdcage, mm-hmm. is it's you walk in and there's still the bullet holes in the walls and the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So cool. yeah. it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I and mean, it feels like the last time I was there, it felt like it was. If, it, if there's any Westworld fans there, it just kind of has that feel to it like you're just very much like it just feels minus all the again the sexual assault and violence but (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it it feels pretty authentic to walking around in like a wild west town it's really really cool yeah let's stick on the authenticity as well because it got that interesting sort of story of like why Earp's missus is addicted to laudanum so basically has just hopped up on heroin the entire time and that he falls in love with the other woman which is the true story as well Mm -hmm. of kind of what went down and Hmm. It's just like, and you know, so many other movies that sort of told the story and it ends with the shootout. And you I couldn't, the, 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 and the act, the actress playing his wife in that movie, the second I saw this, I'm like, I got like weird Kate Hudson vibes from her. I'm like, is that his? I like, can see that. Wait, I was like, whoa, she kind of just, it's just caught me off guard. I was like, what? Wait, is that his daughter? Do we want, that can't be. Pamela uh, Malcolmson is Allie, is Wyatt's uh, wife. That that movie, like you got Bill Paxton killing it, Sam Elliott killing uh-huh. it, Kurt Russell killing it, and it's it's I just love it. I, I I honestly I just love this movie, and I thought I had a home run as far as you know where which which movie was going to kill it when we came to the Arizona one, and you, you guys totally <laughs> totally like delivered on on you where got Wraith going. son. That's the thing because <laughs> the Wraith is the one that I, has lived rent free in my head. Since I watched it, I mean, I, I'm yeah. like, you're watching it going, man, if this guy can make this movie, why can't I make a movie? Like- <laughs> it's, it's the quintessential, I would argue Wraith is the quintessential Arizona movie because it's made, like, again, I've worked on several independent productions in Arizona. It's made like one of those movies. It's just as yeah. incoherent. And, <laughs> and lack of talent behind the camera as any movie I've I've so, ever worked on. <laughs> so for me, for me, when I was watching, I grew up in New York, and I moved moved out here in I think two thousand one, and my whole thing was just like watching movies. I get home from school, I watch movies. A total latchkey kid, and that movie that was just one of those movies that was for me was on all the time. Like I said, but that was my first foray into like, oh, this is what Arizona is. <laughs> Not like because I never really watched like westerns or anything because they all just looked mm-hmm. very similar like small town mountains whatever you know you, the, the place in Utah whatever it could be filmed like it could just any stand in for arbitrary desert could be like meanwhile in Arizona 
But that movie to me was like, damn, this is Arizona. It's so cool. And then I ended up coming to school out here. I'm like, oh, no. It's, <laughs> what? <laughs> Am I on the set of used cars? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. I mean. That movie fell in Arizona for me. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing this. Uh, this is so random, but The Wraith was released in the US in 1986 on like 88 screens, but it was also released in the Philippines. Ooh. And it was released as Black Moon Rising Part 2, which was connected to the unrelated Black Moon Rising starring Tommy Lee Jones. So <laughs> the Philippines must have, there are some Filipinos who are just wildly confused about the sequel. <laughs> and they're waiting for a third one. Yeah. <laughs> Finish That's the a real, trilogy. That's a real you, troll I mean, team situation. Oh man, right? <laughs> oh man. Uh, like, do you think Charlie Sheen's going to show up as the Wraith in the next two Fast and Furious movies? I, is, that what, I, is that what we're saying? That's got to be the last Fast and Furious movie, right? As they take on the race, it has to be. And I'd be, I'd be disappointed. I mean, if it wasn't, I, I, I really. Again, let's get back to talking about this yeah. one because it's the best of them. The race <laughs> is the best one. The there's just so it's so confounding. That I think for me, what was your who was your favorite character? And the whole okay, I'm going to save it. I have a favorite character by far. He steals every scene he's in. Who's your favorite character in this movie? Uh, for me, I mean, oh man, that's a that's a tough one because I can't remember the two grease monkeys' names: Skank and uh, Skank and, uh, and Gutter, Gutter Boy. Boy. Gutter Boy. But I just love Clint Howard's character. Uh, Baghead? What was his name? Rughead. Yeah. Rughead. <laughs> it just sounds yeah. like it sounds problematic when I say that. So I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I like, catch yeah, it every time yeah. it comes yeah. out of my mouth. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. oh, oh. Uh. <laughs> it's like Fast and Furious calling their in the first movie calling it race wars. It just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. really yeah. Which strangely enough is what the series is called in the Philippines. It is. It's actually <laughs> called Race Wars in one of the countries. Actually, it was somewhere in Europe or something. Like not like not oh, to be in Germany. Finally. <laughs> um, no, so for me, yeah, it's it's rugged. I mean, Clint Howard is just I love him sprinkled in everything, and the hair, like the eraser head hair wig is just top notch. But uh, he's some real yeah. like body acting in that. Movie yeah, with the well. little he's got the tiny little glasses. Yeah, and, and the massive hair, and, and he hair. does it like sort of like a strange Hobbit. I'll go with that. What about yeah. you, uh, Will? What, who was your favorite character? I mean. He's totally evil, but I got a soft spot for Packard. He's oh, a, man. you know, I just, you could see it in his eyes that one day he'll direct the notebook. He's Through a- all that rage <laughs> and anger. You could see that. That really, oh. that really got to me. He's a dude's dude. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was, um, I guess it's Gutter Boy, right? The guy that's, there's the two tweakers and it's mm-hmm. the one that, all he does is get in every scene. You can even hear him. Even my missus is going, who is that? Cause he's from real Bobcat. Oh, Bobcat like, yeah, Goldthwait, for sure. I was going to say he got real Bobcat Goldthwait energy. Oh yeah. And <laughs> then, then saw him as a really sympathetic character. She's like, Oh, yeah. this, poor, this poor guy. He's it just been of, roped into all these murders and he's just like, <laughs> it's like, if, it's like, what happened? What would happen if the crew from the lost boys, Moved from San, uh, <laughs> but, uh, what's yeah, the wherever called? the hell that movie Just happens, San, whatever the heck. Yeah, we got to Google it. All right, I'm googling it. The Lost Boys. 
Oh my god! I, I know it's filmed. My it's roommate Santa Ryan Santa Clarita or something. Yeah. My roommate Ryan right now is wearing the T-shirt. He's downstairs. It's got that town on it. He's wearing a Lost Boys shirt. Right. Get him on the pod. Where is it? Ryan. Um, the fictional Santa, town of Santa Clara. California. Santa Clara. Yes. Right. There you go. Close. Santa Clarita yeah. is that TV show with Drew Barrymore. Damn. Yes. Damn. <laughs> Bring You're it back, right. Netflix. They, they 100% had that vibe. Yeah. Of yeah. like, yeah, take the styling of the guys from The Lost Boys, take the violence of the guys from, like, you know, Mad Max, throw a little bit of Close Encounters and stuff like that. Sprinkle in the crow. Yeah, and then boom, we got ourselves a movie. Oh, Do we need man. to explain anything? Hell no. Nope. Let's just crash no. a bunch of cars, blow some stuff up, and, and, and have Charlie Sheen go, you know who I am. The and, you, and you nerds out there think AI can do this? I got some news <laughs> for you. <laughs> AI can. could never, could never produce <laughs> never writes like the Wraith. Wraith. Yeah. The writers no. guild need to be out there on like picket right now, just going, look at the Wraith. This is oh, why. <laughs> it's Wraith in time. Oh, man. <laughs> God, it wow. really does feel like the movie starts like 20 minutes, like too, like too late. Like we yeah. missed like the first act of the film, which is remarkable. Yeah. Every movie should do that. Yeah. Every again, movie should I've just seen, cut I've off the exposition. This, again, I've <laughs> seen this movie a hun- hundreds of times and I remember it. I never remember any of it when I watch it. I'm like, wait, <laughs> it doesn't open with like the, the murder of his non- I yeah. always mix up. I'm like, is it his brother? No, it's him. It, but it, he's his own ghost. But he's Charlie. She it's, is him. It's crazy. And then she does and doesn't remember that it happens because she is and isn't beaten around the head. And then she's <laughs> not and both is. She's like Schrodinger's girlfriend to Nick Cassavetes' character. <laughs> and he like, just so, says to her, "You know who I am." And she goes, ah, "Jamie." And yes. Like, yes. Why would that? What? And then he sense. does the exact same thing again to his brother, who's screaming <laughs> in the rain. Jake, yeah, you can Jake, have, Jake, take my car, Jamie. buddy. You know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see you when you're dead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or will he? Because is he an alien or not? Does that mean his brother's an alien? Did aliens yeah. rescue him from the afterlife? Unclear. Unclear. <laughs> see, it's kind of like it's the same approach that Heat and the Wire take, but they don't tell you. You've just got it's it's show don't tell. Right? It's a classic show <laughs> yeah. don't tell scenario. Right? So there's, 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 You've nailed there's it. There's all this it. show and absolutely no tell whatsoever for the wreath. Um, and I think it's better for it. I think it's better for it. You know what? This I, movie doesn't need exposition. No, absolutely. Yeah, I no, don't think it needs anything. I think it. You know, what? another thing is this movie flies. As in, I know oh, yeah. it's only 90 minutes, but like there are some 90 minute movies when you pause it and you go, oh my God, it's only been going for 30 minutes. I pause it and I go, it's been going for 50 minutes. It feels like it's only been going for 10. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's very, the pacing, like, just like he, it's paced very well. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Much like the Turbo Interceptor, this movie was flying. And ev- well, let's get back to that. Every single one of the races happens exactly the same. So, yeah. Inexplicably, all of these like road pirates have their own racing helmets, which they put on for the race, and just keep in their cars at all times, right? Yeah, just it, just in case. And then the race starts, and it's neck and neck, neck and neck, neck and neck. And then the last part, suddenly the interceptor goes ahead, it parks sideways across the road, and they all just drive into that car and explode. And you mentioned being like the third guy that has to race and be like, I know you killed all of my friends, but I think I, uh, <laughs> I got I you. Gotcha. <laughs> this you time. I think <laughs> I know what you I, No, I'm dead. Oh, the, 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 hub, the hubris. My eyeballs. <laughs> 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 
You'd think it would be different for the main bad guy, but every single scene just plays out exactly the same. Oh, and then, and the movie ends and it goes dedicated to because a camera operator was killed making this movie. Yes, I did. I really wanted to make sure we we did mention Bruce Ingram, the camera assistant, um, or the assistant cameraman, sorry. Who did die it's in one of the accidents? A well, did you find around. any details? Did you just said one of the accidents? How many? <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of feel like a, a, the, everything in this movie was an accident, but this whole uh, movie is a car crash, is what you're saying. But uh, <laughs> but no, this um, it doesn't say which specific uh, car crash it was, but it says a camera car was overturned. So I think what it was doing is they were like it was they were following one of the cars I was racing, and the camera car turned too sharply and overturned and that's when a uh, Bruce Ingram was yeah. killed. I mean, I mean it comes off last week when we're talking about, you know, um Michael Bay and how we you see in the behind the scenes how close oh, yeah. some of those camera crews get. And then, you know, we've been talking about Mad Max and think about how mm-hmm. Fury Road being as crazy as that movie was, that it's a bloody miracle. Yeah. Yeah. No injuries. And like that was a mm-hmm. well planned movie. But you can see like when this movie comes down there are certain shots where you're just like, "Oh, that was a bit sketchy." Yeah, even yeah. the racing, like those streets that they're like, those roads that they're on are narrow. Like, there's yeah. no margin for error. They're bumpy yeah, and they're all over the place, and there's no yeah. like, you know, I mean that the bit where the very first guy dies, um, Oggy, Oggy, his car mm-hmm. explodes and rolls for two whole minutes. I told you, yeah. every, single, <laughs> every single one of them, like these, and they're not like slow-mo shots. Like they're yeah. just like, keep, keep going, keep coming. <laughs> we only had one car, one take. <laughs> get get it. Guys, we're blowing this up. Get yeah. all the film you can on this car. We were going to follow it the whole way down. It's like, man, <laughs> what's the car made of? One, of the, one of the other cameras is like, yeah, you think we'll get that in the edit? And it looks at them and goes, edit? <laughs> this is it, man. What's, this is it, baby. <laughs> we're rolling. I this like, was shot on film. <laughs> I'm amazed. Yeah. I'm amazed. Um, it kind of like makes me think of uh, Robert Rodriguez's first movie, um, the Mar- El, El Mariachi, Mariachi yeah. where they only had enough film. Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> where they only had enough film because he'd like basically he'd gone and remember he oh, went yeah. to like like uh, tested medicine on him. You know what I mean? He went to sort of like those kind oh, of. Things. He- Medical studies. For he went like, to medical uh, studies to get enough yeah. money to make this movie, and he had enough money that they only had enough money to basically do one take of every scene on film, mm. and then they'd immediately do the same take again, but just for audio. And it kind of oh felt God. like in this movie, like I said, every yeah. time they're like, "We got it, we got it, we got yeah. it, move on," you know. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl and Finn had that that classic '80s heroin like line de- line delivery, kind of just pitched perfectly, just. <laughs> just whiny enough but it's yeah. <laughs> great like and they they still and, found found time to get her topless and it's like yeah. god bless the 80s that is like even zen was like oh, oh there we go boobs Yay! you know and, and uh, you know and we applaud it you know nick Cassavetes <laughs> is the bad guy in this because he uses the line if i can't have you no one can like, yeah what <laughs> yeah and like at that point actually, we were texting about it last night as well is that guy he uses the word guy too much guy oh yeah he calls everybody oh, guy. It's and everyone's guy. Supposed to be threatening, but by the end, it just seems like he's got brain damage. Hey, guy. <laughs> yeah, I like where's to my think bur- it's Where's my burger, guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
He does. He does call the brother though Burger Boy. You know, it's great. <laughs> which Sick is burn. my favorite. Devastating. <laughs> Back off, Burger Boy, or you'll end up just like your brother. He admits to murder in front of that entire right. Yeah, yeah. And nobody does anything. So, oh, <laughs> well, they're because they're I, terrified of his core. I never could take yeah. him seriously with his choker puka necklace. <laughs> the entire time, you can be as badass as you want, but if you've got a choker puka necklace, and my buddy, seriously. I mean, and weirdly, he, him and Loomis wearing the exact same bracelet. Yeah. So was there like a connection there? I looked, I because I clocked that as well. I looked for anything. Um, it's been noticed by other people online, but huh. nobody's ever. The director has not said anything about it. Wow. So, so I'm I'm going to do a little little quick crossover um, between the last episode and this episode via Val Kilmer. Because I was watching Heat last night, as I do. I was showing my neighbor's Heat. And I've seen that movie a hundred times. And I only in this viewing noticed Val Kilmer's elbow. Have you ever noticed that Val Kilmer's left elbow, he broke it during the doors, apparently. So his, it goes out like a full tennis ball further. And it's so obvious. I'm, I've never noticed it. Like literally right now, go to your computers and type in Val Kilmer's left elbow heat. And it is wild. Yeah, oh, man, you've made, oh, now, wow. you've ruined, now you've ruined elbows and heat for me. <laughs> so there you go. That's one of those weird, weird things. You can watch a movie a million times and you spot something new every time. And I feel like when I've watched The Wraith a hundred times, I'm going to be spotting things. That I <laughs> Starting never noticed now. Before. Yeah. <laughs> man. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's let's wrap this up and just watch the the wraith on the rest of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got I got some wraith watching to do. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's what we need to do. So let's the, as we try to do is you know much like we did in California is it's not necessarily about the best movie. It's about the movie that makes us feel like it's the most authentic. It makes us think that mm. all right, that's Arizona. Now let's start with Tombstone. Tombstone is a classic story, a classic Arizona story. It definitely looks like Arizona. It looks like Tombstone. But at the same time, it's the story of people coming into Arizona as opposed to Arizonans as well. Used cars. It's shot in Mesa. It definitely has that sort of feel. But no one's really talking Arizona. You know, right. like we talked about <laughs> ASU stadiums being used, but Kansas is playing there or something like that. And then we've yeah. got the Wraith which starts in the back roads of Arizona, talks about being Arizona, looks like Arizona, feels like Arizona. I, I, I can't believe it, but I think <laughs> I'm going to say that for Arizona, it's got to be the Wraith, right? I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I've got one of my favorite movies of all time and a favorite movie growing up in this list and a movie I've never heard of that is just bonkers and i'm like i was just i turned to my wife and go this is the one right this has to be the one my, my only right. regret is that we weren't all able to watch it together i, I was to. watching this i was watching this the other, last night and i was like mm-hmm. you have this is a movie that you have to watch like like a ricky o or an yes. rr yeah like it's a movie that you exactly. have to watch with a group of people to appreciate just how bonkers it is yeah yeah I think, i'm so glad i watched this with my roommates because yeah it, it, we had a great time yeah. watching this yeah, watching yeah. it by yourself probably wouldn't. You'd be like, "This is what is this? This is stupid." But, oh no, one hundred percent. Because I watched it. My, I said, "Mrs., come watch this," and we watched it together. And that was so fun. It reminded me of the time we watched um, Fifty Shades of Grey. 
right? Ooh. So we were in Arizona. I was living in Apache Junction, right? As Opening I was working on right this minute yeah. with nothing to do. I'm doing meth. And I, and I said to the missus, I was like, all right, I tell you what, let's, let's drunk watch um, um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Let's live tweet us watching it. But whoever turns it off first loses. And it kind of felt like, and we had the best time watching this, just just laughing along with how random the movie was. And that's what The Wraith was that we oh, yeah. watched it. Yeah. We had such a oh, great yeah. time watching it. It's a fun watch. And that's kind of what I mean is like, it's so bad, it's almost iconic. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's almost impossible to describe, as you've been hearing us say, that I think if anybody can get anything out of this, this particular episode is go watch The Wraith. But watch it with yeah. your friends. Yeah, definitely. And like, definitely. you know, just have some drinks and just go along for the ride because it's it's it up is, there. It's up there with like a hard ticket to Hawaii or a Miami connection. Like it just yeah. it's it's such a schlocky movie, but it, like and you know the people making it put poured their heart and soul into it. Like oh they're yeah. making the film of this movie, like, guys, I think we got a hit on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, I mean, of all things. But yeah, I I I I I've got no counterpoint. It is. It looked as soon as the movie started, it felt familiar to me. Yeah. As soon as mm-hmm. it's going through, I was like, "Is that Canyon Lake? Is this that?" Like, I feel like I've been there. This looks like Arizona. That I'm like, well, uh, you know, okay, fine. I'm, I'm putting up to vote, but I'm voting the Wraith. What do you guys say? I mean, God, will go. You got okay. I I'll say just real quick. Tombstone. It's in my top five movies of all time. Seen it a million times. Love that movie. Uh, used cars uh, is it's a big goofy cartoon of a movie. Um, it was very endearing to me, but yeah, the race, like no, there's no question <laughs> about it. This Arizona is in the DNA of this movie. <laughs> there you go. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, obviously for, for me, I, I picked this just cause it rained. This is before I even knew what Tucson was. I thought Arizona was just <laughs> Arizona. Like, Oh, there's like other places out here. Um, to my, to my surprise. But, you know, like seeing, even seeing Tombstone for the first time and like, you really appreciate like that movie is so well done. And like you said, the, 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 that movie, there's no way it should have come together, but it does. And Mm -hmm. used cars like you will, you couldn't have said it any better. That movie is a, an absolute like cartoon from start to finish. It's so ridiculous. I had an absolute blast watching that one, but yeah, for Mm -hmm. me, it just like my heart and soul. When I think Arizona movies, my, that was like the first place I went. I'm I'm so happy. This is where we've landed. I mean, like the Wraith is that movie that when someone's over and it's late at night and I go, do you want to watch something ridiculous? It's going to be the Wraith. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like forever. Mm -hmm. So, so there you go. All right. Done. It's done. The official movie to represent Arizona for the rest of time for now on the United States of a movie podcast is The Wraith, directed and written by Mike Marvin, the 1986 independently made American action fantasy film that you can watch right now for free with ads on YouTube. Fellas, this was fun. I'm looking forward to next week, though, because next week we're going to attack the home state that I am in right now, we're going to take down Texas, Oof. which is going to be Boom. tricky. So get oh, your yeah. thinking caps on. Think about what you want to bring next week. To everybody at home, thank you very much for listening. Um, for all your downloads, for comments, please like, subscribe, tell your friends, join in the conversation. Tell us what you want to, us to talk about when it comes to Texas, but also when it comes to your home states as well. 
You're already sending us suggestions and I'm loving it. This, this list is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the conversation can't be more fun. Ryan, great job on selecting the Wraith. Oh, man. Thank you so much for joining in the conversation. I can't wait to talk next week with you guys yeah. about Texas. Can't wait. <laughs>